the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson. Come to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook Network. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe and smash that like. And come and join us in the chat. We're having a lot of fun here on a Thursday because, listen, uh, in the National Football League, the National Football League, everybody's got to start somewhere. And in the Super Bowl, a lot of football fans are going to be tuning in to watch players that we covered throughout their college careers. So why not uh, a cover three unique approach to preview in the Super Bowl. Uh, of course, as we promised in our promo, we will be giving you our Super Bowl locks before we get out of here. Uh, but we also wanted to, as all of the country will gather around uh, and take a look at the action on Sunday night, we wanted to you know, give you a heads up at some of the college angles that come in along the way. Um, real quick, I don't have a ton of news and headlines here, but but I'll throw this to you. Uh, the, the Mike Norvell extension, is that just sort of like you know, cost of doing business at the time. This is something that's been in the works for a while. Did it come as a surprise or any reaction that we should have from that? You know, I, I thought the, you know, the $8 million AAV is about on market value. Um, the FSU started out really rocky under Norvell. They had COVID, which was an issue. The team has improved every year. They played at like a top 20-ish level if you look at like FPI or SP Plus this year. So I don't think that they were you know, really flukish, maybe a win lucky, but not not much. Um, he also got Memphis to the Cotton Bowl uh, prior, and he also, uh, the recruiting is is much better. Uh, I, I do think, though, that it is uh, kind of a signal. I think, I think Florida State's going to spend a lot of money in the coming years, and I think they're going to basically tell the Big Ten SEC, hey, like, I know you may not want to expand, but we're going to be a property that's too big for you not to try to take a swing. Or if the ACC wants to keep the Knowles, pay them a greater share, right? I, I think they're really probably pretty tired of some of these hanger-on teams that just don't contribute anything in any sport, sucking at the teat and and, and having the same the same payout, right? They're trying to win stuff, and there's a couple teams in that league that are trying to play, actually try to win, and, and I think you know about half the, half the league's not even trying anymore. So I, I do think this is kind of a signal, like even though the money coming in from the ACC is not big, they're still going to spend in order to to level up. What's Florida State won recently? Uh, let me see. They have the second <laughs> most national. T- 
<laughs> I mean, listen, bud, that is May talk. Why are you bringing that May talk in? We're supposed to be talking about like they it, listen. Oh, look, we're we're gonna we're gonna leave. It's like, oh, Florida State's threatening to leave the ACC. Is it 2012? Is it 2010? Is it 2020? Like, come on, man. You really, you really think that they're trying to shoot a flare in the sky, trying to? Trying yeah, to I do. Yes. Oh man. Well, 100%. I mean, I I think that would make sense because I don't know why you really need to be giving Mike Norvell that big of a raise right now. As far as I knew, nobody was coming after him at the moment. <laughs> right, and like you know, you look around what, what jobs really might open, right? Like it, it's it's more of rewarding him for job well done. It's eight million AAV, but I think it'll probably put him at like. 12 nationally or 13 nationally uh if, if you factor in some of the other races kiffin That's got the nine the ranking Hi- 12th or 13th nationally right yeah. correct you know uh kiffin got nine hypo got about nine so um because there was already one deal that was announced before the lsu game yes correct yeah that, that was kind of a one-year extension and adjustment because he took a pretty good haircut uh on on COVID. Because that was, I remember that you had pointed out, um, I think here on the podcast, and if not, I don't, I feel that this is not privileged information, but that there has been support from the important people behind the Mike, like it, it, before the long winning streak to close this past season, you know, before getting to 10 wins, there was already confidence from people that matter that we are not bailing our resources and our support on Mike Norvell. Like even before this season, it seemed like he had won over the key guys. And so then you delivered the on-field success after getting that support. That's why I said, is it just a cost of doing business? You know, like you mentioned, rewarding him for what he did. I had not considered that we're, uh, we're, we're trying to, you know, just, just let people know what's up in Tallahassee in terms of how we're handling, handling things. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's fair. All right. Um, that was, that was the only piece of news that, uh, that, that popped on my radar. Going to begin with a question. Uh, not exactly like a trivia question, um, but I, I'm curious to to know if uh, if everybody would come on to the same answer. It, have you, if you have looked, then please omit yourself. But do you know what school is most represented in the Super Bowl? I do not. But if I were to take a guess right off the top of my head, Michigan. It's a good answer. Michigan is tied for second with four players on both Super Bowl rosters. Is it? uh, Bud, you get the next guess. Are we going to go back and forth till we land on it? Yeah. All right. (laughs) 20 Uh, hours later. Is it Old Dominion? (laughs) I'm trying to think about like Alabama. Alabama only has three. Mm. The school know, that is most represented. I know is it is twice oh. their number. Oklahoma. Yeah, that okay. is correct. Oklahoma yeah. Sooners, the most represented right. team on the Super Bowl rosters. And look, look, look! It is not just a win because of Jalen Hurts. All right, they should it be six. five and a half, and then Florida, <laughs> Alabama has three and a half. Like, but Florida, Michigan, and Mississippi State. Shout out to uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs are all tied for second with four, Oklahoma with six. The thing that I loved about the Oklahoma representation is that we've just got nasty tackles on both sides. You know, Lane Johnson, Orlando Brown, like 
two phenomenal pieces that are so important to uh, both of their success. You throw in Creed Humphrey there. You know, we think about all the the wide receivers, and certainly Jalen Hurts has been a part of this. But this is a representation that uh, that that definitely stands out for how it's getting nasty in the trenches. Uh, tied Michigan, as I mentioned, tied for second with four. Florida. Mississippi State also there, Alabama, Auburn, and Cincinnati, and Florida State all there with three. I like, here's what I like about the schools that are most represented on Super Bowl rosters because it is not truly indicative to me of like how awesome your school is, but it does represent how much fun a Mississippi State fan is going to have watching the Super Bowl when Darius Slade makes a tackle or if there's, you know, like an interception or something along the way. I don't. I mean, is that different for y'all? Do you do you take any major significance in terms of the schools that are most represented beyond the experience for fans watching on Sunday? No. I mean, it's. I think it's good recruiting material for the schools. I think it's cool for fans. Like, I, I know that Illinois has one player on each team, which is cool as an Illinois fan, but I don't think it really means anything as far as how the schools are doing. But typically, like... Correlation does not necessarily mean causation. You know what I mean? It's also like a one-year really small sample, and the results would be far different if we had the 49ers and Bengals. So, no. It, it's – no. I'm glad we also, don't have to do like 20 hours of Super Bowl coverage because if so, we would debate this for like 20, like 10 minutes on, on one of these debate shows. But, no, I, I don't think there's anything to it. Also, no disrespect to him because he played well in the playoff game when he had to come in. But like one of the Michigan players is Chad Henney. You know what? I mean? It's like so it's a backup quarterback. And then one of the Oklahoma players is the bell dozer who does do some stuff in the Oklahoma offense. But he's like a second, third string kind of tight end. So you can't put too much stock into where the guys went to college just by the raw numbers. I think for me, it'd be more if you wanted to do it by production by school, maybe then you'd get some information that might be useful. So do you have a, a gander as to what conference is most represented? Well, I'm going to assume the SEC. It is yes. the SEC. It's got to be yeah. like more. Is it double everybody else? It's got to no, be. No, like uh, SEC, SEC with 21, the Big Ten with 16, uh, and then ACC, Big 12 with 11 each, AAC with 10. You got a couple Cincinnati boys in there. So, you know. Holding up their end of the deal right there. Uh, and then Pac-12 with just nine, the lowest of all of the um, Power 5 conferences uh, here in the mix for... Uh, ACC, Big 12, and Pac-12 poverty conferences. Mm-hmm. Can't even afford Super Bowl tickets. <laughs> you mean the ticket that you get by winning yes. the conference championship? <laughs> Yes. Uh, all right. So if if you don't already have it pulled up, uh, I wanted to to throw out a couple questions about the uh, the rosters here. So, what is your favorite position groups in the Super Bowl from a college perspective? Philadelphia offensive line. Philadelphia's Ooh. offensive line. Yes. Okay. Let's get get into it. All right, so I, I just think it's so interesting. So you have two guys that didn't even play offensive line in high school, right? Lane Johnson, the starting mm-hmm. tackle for the Eagles, was a freaking quarterback, <laughs> right? And he, I know he eats a million calories now, but he had to eat like quite a bit. He, he switched to, to tight end, and like he just kept growing and growing and growing. And we actually saw this. I think the guy out of Alabama, A&M or Alabama State, got picked up by the Texans three or four drafts ago, uh, like 300-pound tackle, was a quarterback. 
in high school. So like that's a really cool, neat story that shows just like high school is not the end of your football career if you are going to keep growing, right? And guys, guys do. I don't know much about about, about their 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 uh, the right guard, Jason Kelsey though. Travis Kelsey's brother was a hockey player who played fullback mm-hmm. in high school. Then he kept growing a little bit. They kind of used him as like a like a tight end, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's a center. And his combine times were really really good. Landon Dickerson was was a like a no doubt five star type guy. Kept getting hurt. Transferred to Bama. Stayed healthy. Finally, kind of. I think he was hurt in that and maybe in the Natty mm-hmm. for one year. And and has always had a lot of talent. He's also an Eagle Scout, which is is kind of a cool backstory on him. Legit. No no BS. But the most interesting guy is Jordan Mailata. You guys familiar with this dude? Yep. So he was a rugby player or Aussie rules football? I'm actually not sure about the difference between those two, but I'm assuming they're similar. Um, This guy is a beast. I mean, 6'8", 365 is some pro wrestler type measurements. And I think the Eagles or somebody just saw him and were like, hey, you could make a lot of money playing football. And so they... They got him, and he didn't really play for like a full year. They were kind of had to teach him the game, I guess, and uh, it's that's pretty cool. So, a lot of uh, a lot of athleticism on the Eagles line. Not a lot of high school experience on the Eagles line. One thing I love about Dickerson, real quick, uh, I'm not going to drop my pick right now, but I remember he got hurt. You're right at the end of the season, mm-hmm. and then at the Alabama Pro Day, he was doing um, cartwheels in the background of interviews. <laughs> Because he couldn't work out. Yeah. He, he likes attention for sure. <laughs> How's Landon's knee? Oh, there he goes on the line. Incredible athleticism. Love to see the big boy be able to uh, to go and give himself a, a a nice little gymnastics routine in the background. But uh, always made me uh, always made me chuckle. All right, sorry, Tom. I'll, I'll get to my position group in a second. But one thing Bud was talking about Jason Kelsey, and it kind of made me just struck something in my head about what you were asked in the previous question, Chip, about if there's like anything to take away from the colleges that have players in the game compared to what it means for, you know, the, the program and that stuff. Jason Kelsey played at Cincinnati for three years, was a center, helped Brian Kelly get the Notre Dame job. Travis Kelsey then came in. They, they crossed one year together, but Travis Kelsey's career was under Butch Jones. He played very well with the Bearcats, helped Butch Jones get the Tennessee job. Kansas City safety Brian Cook, rookie, Cincinnati. Helped Luke Fickle get the Wisconsin job. So if you have enough players from a smaller school going to the NFL and playing for the Super Bowl, you as a coach will move to a Power 5 program. There we go. That's the correlation we were looking for. My favorite position group in this game, it's the Philadelphia defensive line. Just if We, we kind of talked about it a little before the show started, but I'm just going to go going to go naming some names here. Going to be very familiar to our listeners for the most part. You got Derek Barnett from Tennessee, Brandon Graham, who's in his 13th season out of Michigan. Teron Jackson, maybe some guys aren't familiar with, but he's been on those coastal teams the last few years that were doing really well in the Sun Belt. You got Matt Leo, a second-year player out of Iowa State. Robert Quinn, Chip, your boy, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. He probably took some of them same paper classes with you. Yep. Uh Bud, Janarius Robinson from Florida State, Josh Sweat from Florida State at defensive end. Pretty good set of defensive ends, but it's not until you get to the defensive tackles where you start getting the Josh Sweats. Um, Fletcher Cox, (laughs) Mississippi State, just an absolute 
terrific pro, terrific college player, just a monster. Jordan Davis, a monster at Georgia. Rookie season hasn't played as much this year despite being a first-round pick because there is so much depth on this Philadelphia defensive line that it's like he hasn't really left Georgia. Other defensive tackles include Javon Hargrave, who you probably didn't know at South Carolina State, but he's been a pretty good player in the NFL. Linval Joseph out of ECU. He's been in the league for like 14 years. Some guy named Damakong Sue. Mm. Maybe you remember him. Mm. A lot of people thought he should have won the Heisman. Mar- Marion Tuiapoloto from USC. Milton Williams from Louisiana Tech. And then another second-year player out of Florida State, Marvin Wilson. That is a very talented defensive line group. And I didn't even get to, like, other edge rushers, kind of like, you know, like Hassan Reddick and those kind of guys. So it's just a very impressive unit. When you watch the Eagles, honestly, it's like I mentioned Jordan Davis at Georgia. It's kind of like you're watching a Georgia game when you watch their defensive front because of the players that they have at linebacker and on the line and the way that they're able to rotate guys in the line and keep them fresh for the entire game. It's just like watching the Bulldogs. So my my answer uh, is actually going to come from the Kansas City side, but I did want to say that if you wanted to come out here and say Philadelphia's wide receivers, I mean, you're not going to have any hate from me. You've got a Heisman Trophy winner in Devonta Smith. You've got AJ Brown from Ole Miss, who's you know a- absolute stud. Granted, not quite the. Uh, it, we always talk about like, oh, what would you happen if DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, you know, they played together? Why didn't they have more production? I mean, still, you could tell at the time that. Uh, they were going to be really, really special players. You got Quez Watkins, of course, uh, out of Southern Miss. You throw in our buddy Britton Covey from Utah, also in that room. But it's not the kind of depth that we have on the Kansas City defensive line where the old and the young come together for college stars, where Frank Clark from Michigan, somebody who's been around for a minute, Chris Jones, Mississippi State, somebody who's been around. Like Bud was sharing the story the other day, the Chris Jones, where you just spot him and you're like, wait a second, that is a a different human being right there. Um, George Karloftis. From Purdue, boiler up, uh, Derek Noddy in the rotation, Carlos Dunlap also coming off the bench. Either of these defensive lines uh, I thought would would be something to take a look at. Either of these offensive lines loaded up with former college stars. But, yeah, if you wanted to throw uh, Philadelphia wide receivers there, you just don't have the depth, but you certainly have the star power up top for sure. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a fun group. Uh, a couple more fun stories to share here. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson is a guy that – we used to just call him C.J. Gardner before he added the Johnson. But as a recruit, I I was never like that high on him. And then I realized how young he is. This dude was born like a couple days before Christmas in 97, right? Which means as a recruit, he's running around there as like 16, didn't turn 17, I think, until like the end of his senior year. And I was like, oh, okay. Like you're that good now. That's that's pretty impressive. And, and he's just a guy that just keeps getting, you know, better and better. Um, a really fun story. You guys know the story on, J- on Jalen Watson? The, yes, I do. The, yep. the, the chief safety? One of my so, favorite players in the draft last spring. Dude, yeah, this is fun. Uh, so he was out of like Savannah area. Didn't really, wasn't that great in high school. Really thought he wanted to play college ball. Didn't qualify. Goes out to a, to a JUCO. Um, does pretty well at the JUCO for the one year. Again, doesn't qualify. USC was kind of kicking the tires there. Moves home, takes a year off from ball, works at the Wendy's that his mom manages. Finally gets qualified, goes to Washington State. COVID year, right? Like mm-hmm. they play like three or four ball games. So he's got like one year to show out and then has a whole bunch of picks in his final year. And uh, it just a cool story of perseverance, man. 
being able to stick it. Who else? Uh, who else stands? You know, out? you know, mom was making him study hard. By the way, like, like she's like, all right, <laughs> yes, like time working in my Wendy's. She's like, your, your lunch break, you're hitting the book, dude. <laughs> well, what about players that surprised you? Like, who's who from this? Uh, either of these rosters, based on the the way that they played in college, who's who surprised you? Let's say starting for the better. Maybe you didn't see it, and they've certainly turned out to be a pretty successful pro. I I think there's one very obvious choice here. Did you think Patrick Mahomes was going to be the best quarterback in the NFL when you were watching him at Texas Tech? I thought that he could be prolific. It's like a relative. It's a relativity thing. Like, Did I think that he would be potentially like one of the greatest to play the position? No, I did not. Yeah. I mean, I thought I was like, okay, I get it. Like, I didn't think he was the best quarterback in that draft class. I didn't, I didn't think Mitch Trubisky was either. So before the people in the comments start coming at me with that, I thought it was Deshaun Watson. But I just, it's Mahomes, I think you have to say he's exceeded everybody's expectations because he was a good player at Texas Tech. But there was also still at the time, like a ton of quarterbacks were playing in that system and a ton of quarterbacks were putting up incredible numbers in that system. And then they would go to the NFL and there just really was no pro future for him. Now, the obvious difference was a lot of like the previous Texas Tech quarterbacks did not have the arm that Patrick Mahomes had. So that was the one thing that kind of, you know, raised his floor quite a bit. But I did not think Patrick Mahomes was going to be anything near what he is today. And another player also on the Chiefs, who'll be a free agent this offseason and is a guy that I thought was good coming out of college, but I wasn't like, didn't think he was like a first round pick. I didn't think, I I thought he was kind of limited. I didn't think he'd be that great. He's like, he'll be a solid NFL player, but nothing special, but he's turned out to be pretty good. Orlando Brown Jr. Yes. Who, yeah, who has like, I think gotten better in the NFL than he was at Oklahoma. And now I've completely done a 180 where it's like, I hope the Bears throw a ton of money at him this offseason. Use that cap space they have to just throw him at left tackle from now on. So I saw him a lot in high school. He was out of Atlanta. I was up there all the time. Like back when I was at SB, I went to like every single recruiting event because we only had one recruiting guy and it was me. So like I had to see like everybody out there, every every event. And I saw him like a play out. He was just at all these camps and he was like a little bit overweight, definitely had the baby deer thing going on, did mm-hmm. not have like to use the Hugh Freeze line, like the athletic looking ankles that these guys, like he did not look like an athlete, to be honest. He had kind of like, you know, cankles going on, if you will, like relative to obviously being a, a high level recruit, but like he was not like a five star type kid. And for a while, I was like, who's going to take him? And if you want a good example of sort of the big bodies take longer for the the mind to be able to master how to move all that body, and of course, like a ton of work's gone into this too, I'm sure. But like he's it, man, because he is so much more coordinated now. I, I never thought that guy could play left tackle in the mm-hmm. NFL, and like he. Just so much better now. Like, yeah, I thought he was going to be like a swing tackle dude on the roster who was able to get a job, but nobody was ever going to. And now, yeah, he's one of the better left tackles in the league. Travis Kelsey. I didn't see it. I mean, he was good. He was Mm. the best tight end in the Big East. He was was averaging, you know, a couple catches. You know, he'd he'd have a touchdown about, you know, every other game. I think he is... His senior year was something like 55 yards a game, eight touchdowns, and you know three to four catches a game. He led Cincinnati in receiving, so clearly he was one of the most important pieces of that Cincinnati team. But I had no idea that we were talking about what, like a seven-time All-Pro, you know, eight-time Pro Bowler or something Hall bananas like that. Uh, Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not good at the Hall of Fame, like being able to call that. So He'll I just. 
he'll be in. But this, I didn't, I didn't see it. I thought that uh, he was like, yeah, he's, he's a good tight end. I had no idea that he was going to become a generational talent at the position like he has. Uh, but certainly, um, there there are very few in the game that are quite like it. I think the other quarterback too, honestly. Jaylen. Like now, I get it. He's not a great player. He's a good quarterback that Philly is able to utilize because they have to pay him on that rookie deal, which is which means that they have money to spread around for all these other guys. Like when you look at the hey, the Eagles seem to have a better position group at most spots here. It's because that Chiefs have to pay Mahomes forty something million a year and had to trade away Tyreek in the offseason mm-hmm. to work around that. The Eagles don't pay Hurts anything right now, and like that's kind of the winning formula in the NFL. It's like, if you got a Hall of Fame level guy, pay him. Otherwise, just try to cycle through these rookies. Like, don't pay Hall of Fame type money to Kirk Cousins like the Vikings did because it, it kind of kneecaps your roster elsewhere. But I, even though I don't think he's great, like, I mean, Hurts, Hurts isn't like luck boxing his way through it like I thought Chubba Purdy was, or, or, or Brock Purdy was doing. Like, he's pretty decent. And that's a lot better than he was at Bama throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it out, but he he threw the ball effectively at Oklahoma. Yeah, I thought there was as much a you know because there was so much turnover from the Kyle at the wide receiver position from the Kyler team to the Jalen team where you had CD Lamb still, but it wasn't like you still had Hollywood Brown out there. You know, they weren't able to really stress defenses in the same way where it seemed to like a lot more of a a power running attack almost out of a personnel situation in addition to trying to utilize Hertz's legs and a couple good running backs that they had there for the Sooners. Um, anybody here in the Super Bowl where you called your shot, thought it was going to be a uh, you know, surefire NFL hit, but hadn't quite played out that way? Only one, as far as I know. I mean, I, I thought about maybe, like I mentioned him earlier when we were talking about the Eagles' defensive line. Derek Barnett's been hurt this year, so it's really hard to judge him on that. But he has, I thought he was going to be very good. He hasn't been a superstar. He's just been like a solid NFL player. But the one guy in this game I thought was going to be a good NFL player and I thought was a perfect fit for the team that drafted him Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. And he just has not really done, he hasn't been, I mean, he's fine. The Chiefs never really rely on their running backs to begin with that much, but I just thought in an Andy Reid offense, thinking back to some of the running backs he's had, I looked at Clyde and I said, man, that dude is perfect for Andy Reid. He's going to have such a good career with the Chiefs, and it just hasn't happened. That's my answer uh, yeah. also. Yeah. I mean, it was when I you know, I was trying to you know, come up with uh, all the different ways to attack this, and and I don't want to like dwell for a whole eight-minute monetized segment on why Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has busted compared to my expectations after being a late first-round pick, uh, coming off one of the greatest seasons that we've seen in the modern college football era. But like you said, Tom, I was like, he can catch passes out of the backfield. He can be dynamic in an offense that's going to try to spread you out and create space. His yards after the catch was tremendous. He diced up. Alabama in one of the most important wins of that LSU campaign. And I think that to, to have him fall so far out of the rotation is a, is a surprise, Dis- a disappointment because I just root for some of these players that we cover, but um, a surprise for sure. Not something that I saw coming. Two on the Eagles. Um, I look, I didn't necessarily think Kobe Dean was going to be like an NFL superstar, but I, I'm surprised that he's not been better. It's 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 a rookie, rookie year, so things can change, obviously. But like, 
I just thought with with the work ethic and how smart he is, he's a good enough athlete. Uh, I, I'm surprised that he's not playing a little bit more. Uh, Josh Kando, though, was mm-hmm. a kid who was like really good grades, frame was off the charts, good athlete. And he got he got hurt a lot in college. I think he's probably been dinged in the NFL as well. But like, I remember being at the Under Armour game and, and hanging out with LeVar Arrington. And he's like, that that's not normal. Like that, that's, I was like, yeah, like when, when the guys who are like NFL stars and who are some of the best college players ever to play were like just kind of stand, damn. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't turn into a little more high upside guy. Coming up on the other side, the definitive answer all college football fans want to know. We are the authority. Who gets to claim Jalen Hurts? Next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Alexander Hurts was the SEC Offensive Player of the Year in 2016. He was the Big 12 Newcomer of the Year. In 2019, he led to each Alabama and Oklahoma to the college football playoff. He notably did not finish the national championship game at the end of the 2017 season with Tua Tugavailoa coming in and leading Alabama back from a 13-0 halftime deficit. When he got to the um, college football playoff with Oklahoma, He ran up against the 2019 LSU team that we just mentioned. Joe Burrow had eight touchdowns in that game. That game was over by midway through the second quarter because Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase just were not going to be stopped by Oklahoma's defense. So who gets to claim Jalen Hurts? Alabama. I'll be honest. Like Jalen Hurts played at Oklahoma for a year. Had a very good season at Oklahoma for a year playing right. his offense. Think of Jalen Hurts' big, big moments as a college football player. Took Alabama uniform. Like, I mean, he played three seasons with the Tide. It's not like it was like he played 14 games for Alabama. He played 15 games for Alabama as a freshman. And then he added 27 more on top of it. So for me, he's an Alabama player. I mean, I think the honest answer is he's both, but. Is it in the NFL where the rule is like where you graduated from or the last school you're at, that's just the one that you get? Like Russell Wilson 
gets listed as being from Wisconsin, but he played far more games at NC State. So I don't know. For me, I, I think it's just which one do you remember the most? Like Russell Wilson played at Wisconsin for a shorter amount of time, but he played in more big games at Wisconsin than he did at NC State. I feel the same way about Jalen Hurts. I was going to go Oklahoma on this, actually. Like they benched Jalen Hurts. There are a lot of games where like Bama didn't think Jalen Hurts was good. They wouldn't let him throw the ball, right? And like maybe, maybe they, they were just wrong on that because Oklahoma got a lot out of him almost immediately. Like Bama didn't believe in him, right? And it, it they won oftentimes in in spite of his arm. And like they use his legs effectively and the threat of his legs to, to scheme some stuff. But I I was kind of gonna go to Oklahoma here. I mean, they he got he benched him in the national title game. Okay, it so was the right call. not to the national title game. Well, what about all right? What about the the year before? Because this is uh, an interesting conversation. He lost in the national championship game, but did Jalen Hurts do enough to win the national championship game? And the national championship game that I'm talking about is uh, Clemson, Alabama, at the end of the 2016 season. Uh, this would be the in, in Raymond James Stadium, the Tampa. Yeah, this this is Jalen Hurts uh, as a freshman. He is, as I mentioned, the SEC Offensive Player of the Year as a freshman. The best offensive player in the entire conference as a freshman. And they got out to a big lead in that game. And it looked like it was about to be a blowout. It looked like this was all the hype of a rematch from what we had seen the year before, the 45-40 to game, the classic shootout back and forth. It looked like Bo Scarborough, Jalen Hurts, and the Tide were just going to roll through. And then Deshaun Watson, with a lot of help from Mike Williams, I believe, uh, leads the Tigers back into that game. Deshaun Watson finishes with the game-winning touchdown pass to Hunter Renfro. The next season is Jalen Hurts as the starter again as a sophomore, gets benched in the title game, as you mentioned. His third season at Alabama, he is not the starter at all. He has no starts in that season. He is the backup to Tua Tugavailoa uh, in the 2018 season, one that also ends But he did start plenty of games that year because Tua got hurt. I would say that game against Clemson, no, he did not do enough. He was 13 of 31 for 131 yards. His ineffectiveness as a passer – uh, was a large reason why Clemson was able to get the ball back so often, and then like, hey, let's let's play up tempo here, because Bama's ef- inefficiency through the air was was off the charts. I mean, thirteen for thirty one for one thirty one is is terrible. So I, I don't know. I'm Team Oklahoma here. Team Bama. We didn't script this, by the way. Like I, I didn't. Oh yeah. No, no, Chip, no. Chip's the deciding vote. I mean, we are the definitive voice. Whatever we say on this show is what people have to accept going forward. So Chip, no pressure. Jalen Hurts, Alabama or Oklahoma? Jalen Hurts, Alabama, because when I was talking to Jalen Hurts um, before the 2018 Orange Bowl, when he had been the backup for basically the entire season, um, you could just tell that he was he had the NFL mindset then. Everything like in that moment was like, I'm still going to go to the NFL. You know, like I'm still going to be able to go and accomplish, you know, all of these things. He had such clear vision, even as he was not the starting quarterback at Alabama, that the player that I, even though the production changed at Oklahoma, I think that he had sort of laid out his, his plot and his plan for what he was going to do uh, there with the Crimson Tide, probably with some of the guidance of Nick Saban. So I'm, I'm going Alabama here. 
hilarious side story, by the yes. way, of Saban. Like, have you seen this? Loxley apparently is, is ticked off about this. About Saban told Hertz to go to Oklahoma because that's the best, like that's the best place for you to get developed as a passer when Loxley was already taking the Maryland job. I love college ball drama, man. This is so, stuff you don't get in the NFL. So Loxley thought he was going to be able to get hurt. So I'd forgotten that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the right choice. Yeah, I mean, it was good. 100%. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. I put the player ahead of the coach. <laughs> yeah, let me let me give... Uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to say Alabama gets to claim him. But, Tom, you're right. Oklahoma, on a lot of the... Like, on all the official, like, name card stuff, it's, uh, it's Oklahoma. So we'll see... Uh, does he get to introduce himself in this one? Or what does he say when he's in like the yeah. Sunday night football? Because you know what Russell Wilson does? A have you, pack have you of badgers. Oh, Russell Wilson, a pack of badgers. Oh, that's that is such so a Russell Wilson corny. answer, though. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so are, do you guys love Pitt star Jordan Addison? And uh Yes, a hundred percent. Jordan Addison. Yeah. He, he won, won the, the Bolitnikov. Won the Bolitnikov with Pitt. That is Pitt star Jordan Addison. What did what he about, win at USC? What about Joe Burrow? Ohio, Buckeye Burrow? Won the yeah. Heisman Trophy at LSU. How many games did he start at Ohio State? None. Uh, won the Heisman. What? Where was your Where was your like most? Bo Nix, Oregon. Bo Nix, Auburn. Got one more year to find out. One more year to find out. Yeah, yeah. I was. I'm gonna okay. say wherever your peak was, and you could argue that Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts peaked at, at Oklahoma. He's a much better player for Oklahoma than he was for Bama. Not in terms of accolades. He won a national title at Alabama. Yeah, but that, that's a team award. They they play they play. What's around the quarterback? Defenses. What is what is football? It's a team sport. The quarterback is the leader of the team. Jalen Jalen Hurts oh as God. the offensive player of the year is a better award, higher accolade than he was at Oklahoma. He was a Heisman finalist at Oklahoma, actually. Well, so what? He played in the Oklahoma it's offense. The freshman the, player of the year. That, that award sucks. No, no, it's it was offense. Award. That was the thing. It was rookie and total. It was all that oh, was. I thought you said it was SEC rookie or rookie no, of the year. That's what I'm saying. Player of the year. Straight up the offense award. Yeah, right. and to win it as a freshman is like, you know, that's what. Uh, Sixteen or fifteen. 2016, 2015's Jake Coker. If you're an Oklahoma fan, where do you even rank Hurts among your top quarterbacks of the last decade? That's one way to consider it. Why does Oklahoma get to claim him when they probably would? They'd probably be like, "Hey, he's like fifth. Where does where where does Hurts rank among Bama's quarterbacks the last decade? Fifth? No higher than that. He's behind Bryce. He wasn't as good as Mac Jones was. He wasn't as good as Tua was. So is it is at best fourth? That's a Devonta and Najee team. I don't. I mean, Mac. I, I I like Mac. I think I would. I think Jalen Hurts is better than Mac. This is such a dumb argument, but no, it is actually. Argument. <laughs> it's a very college football argument. You know what? You know what? I rank Jalen higher than Tua. I'll be honest. Ooh. Tua can't stay Alabama, healthy. Alabama Jalen is higher than Tua. The, the, so you rank him higher than the guy they benched him for? Yeah. Right. Tua, I mean, Tua's the same dude that threw a bunch of interceptions in that game too, and got bailed out by Devontae Smith breaking a coverage and being wide open. Like, it's not like Tua came in that game; it was just incredible. He made tons of dumb mistakes, and they got away with it. Tua is a guy who I think is, I think he has just as many limitations as Jalen. They're just different limitations. And then you add the fact that he cannot stay healthy. I would rather have Jalen Hurts than Tua. Couldn't stay healthy in the NFL. If we're judging her, or in college, players, he just ah. like, had his freaking leg ripped out of its socket in college. Jalen had to come back in and take the job. 
And I bet you he still put up better passing numbers than Jalen did at Bama despite missing those ball games, right? Like, uh, J- look, Jalen knew he wasn't offense. as good as Jalen knew he wasn't as good as Tua. Everybody at those Bama practices knew it all year. They just couldn't bench Jalen until he really sucked because they kept winning. And at that point, they were undefeated, right? So it's like, okay, really can't bench the guy for morale purposes, even though it's very obvious if you're at Bama's practice, according to people that I knew that were there, that like Tua is much better than Jalen at that time. I don't know. In the like, offense, in a vertical passing offense, yes. But I, I, better team um, with Jalen. That actually, Jalen did lose. Uh, Jalen did lose a game as a starter in that 2017 season. It was to Auburn. How was, the hell did he win Offensive Player of the Year in the SEC? Have you seen this? Well, you're looking at passing numbers. Look at the rushing mm-hmm. ones. Too. Look at the rushing numbers. All right. I mean, they were running a daggum triple option. Twenty-three mm-hmm. to nine touchdown interception ratio, under two hundred yards a game, seven point three per attempt, which is crap. Uh, uh, wow. I, I guess I wasn't paying attention to who, who wins these conference awards. What did you? That's, that's sketch. You know what I want you to do? Want you to do what I want like you to do after the show? Go look at the air yards, the average air yards per attempt of Tua, and compare that to his to- at yards per attempt. Yeah, he was throwing four right. yard slants to Devontae Smith, who is then and, breaking and them for Jerry Judy yards. and Henry and Jalen Waddle, <laughs> yeah. who were taking four yard passes and then running 70 yards with them. You'll see. Just go look. I've already done the math. That's fair. <laughs> oh, I don't really remember Jalen chucking a deep lot either, but no, he didn't. But that's my point. They both have limitations. At least Jalen stays on the field. All right. All right so he had 954 yards rushing. Okay. What Nick about Gerald, though? <laughs> Nick Fitzgerald. Hey, man, that's 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 the next deck. Prescott. Yeah. Prescott. That's Tim Tebow. Like that's the, the this. The, those are the all icons of SEC football. That one game, like I think Dan Mullen's a pretty good coach. That one game in Starkville was like the year that Mississippi State had a legitimate chance to beat Bama because, like, it was very late in the year. You were realizing Hertz really was limited as a thrower at the time in the offense they were running. And there were like two fourth downs in Bama territory that Mississippi State just punted on. It was like, okay, like you really want to go to overtime with the team with this many future first rounders? Like you think this the, your chance to win the ball game is now, not not continuing to extend. It was basically the Brian Harson mistake two or three years prior. Well, against Bryce Young, where you like yes. giving him a chance to be able to climb back into that game, force overtime, and eventually win. Yeah, got it. Um, all right. The, what about the other quarterback? Because I remember during the analysis of Zach Wilson, we started making jokes about the off-platform throws. Everybody wants to be Patrick Mahomes. Everybody wants to be Patrick Mahomes. In college, as we evaluate and develop quarterbacks, are we done trying to make everybody Patrick Mahomes? No. I feel like we've start as Mahomes' star has ascended. I feel like we've started to realize not everybody can be Patrick Mahomes. We've tried to make some Josh Allen's out there, but I think that we've decided we've come to a realization we can't we can't make these quarterbacks into Patrick Mahomes just because he came from Texas Tech and we didn't all necessarily see what was going to happen. I I think he is a unique, athletic human being uh, here playing the game of football, and that we we most quarterbacks should not be out there trying to be Patrick Mahomes. I agree with that. Um, I think it's an interesting like two-part question. There are some guys talent-wise that probably 
could be close and do things, but I think his instincts are different than than most quarterbacks. Like the combination, that's why he might go down as, as the best quarterback of all time if he's able to be healthy. I, I do want to take people back, though. He was drafted in what year? Eight, 18? 17? So at the time, the NFL had done a horrible job, like just terrible of adapting to quarterbacks who played in the air raid offense. And it started with Tim Couch coming out of Kentucky, right? Who just, they would not change what they run to fit your skill set coming out of the air raid. And so the air raid was not prepping guys for the NFL at all. Like all the leech dudes had flopped. Everybody off that air raid tree had to really flop. Goff was pre, uh, pre Mahomes, right? Yeah. The year and he was before, all pretty sure. Yeah. And so, there was a lot of skepticism about can you come out of this offense and be good in the NFL? And Mahomes has been good enough to overcome it, right? Now, a lot of guys still, I mean, Case Keenum, Kyle Allen, Goff, Kyler Murray came out of a kind of a modified version of it. And he's, I guess he's good quarterback in the NFL. Like, he's not amazing, but he's good. He got a big deal. Now, like, now I think we are much more open to evaluating the player's skill set, and the NFL teams are willing to adapt what they do. To the player, like the only one that we really haven't seen anybody come out of and do well is the sort of like Baylor Ryle stuff that you know the Veer and Shoot as they're trying to rebrand it, like Tennessee runs. You know, but Nico funny. might change that game. What was the funniest part is because you're 100 right. NFL teams were having difficulty like figuring out air raid quarterbacks and putting them in their systems. But while they were doing that, there were two quarterbacks in the NFL running an air raid offense and running it very effectively. And their yeah. names were Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And nobody seemed, and everybody was still saying, well, the air raid can't work in the NFL. You need, you know, it's like, oh, it can't. Okay, cool. Well, the guy who keeps winning the Super Bowl is running it. So <laughs> I think we're done trying to, I mean, uh, I, I, there is a, a good point that uh, from Isaac in the chat that we still are trying to call players the next Michael Jordan, the next LeBron, the next whatever, but we're probably still going to do it. But I think that in terms of the way that we evaluate these quarterbacks, I think that we're no longer going to be able to say that someone's going to be the next Patrick Mahomes because this is, this is a one-of-one one kind of scenario that we have. You mentioned the air raid offense, the offense he came out of, uh, his former college quarterback is out of work right now. Is he still in Thailand? I do not know. But Cliff Kingsbury does not have a coaching job right now. So as we talk about Patrick Mahomes and his time at Texas Tech, I am wondering, do you think that we will see Cliff Kingsbury back in college football? No. I think... I think Cliff's going to get an NFL OC job for a defensive-minded head coach. And then he's going to try to see if he can turn that into another head coaching job. I don't think Cliff, this is a man who immediately announced after getting fired by the Cardinals and getting his giant buyout said, I'm buying a one-way ticket to Thailand. It doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who wants to come back to college and do everything that a college coach has to do, especially with the buyout he's getting from the Cardinals. The dude can do whatever the hell he wants now for the rest of his life. If he wants to keep coaching, I'm going to bet it'll be at the pro level. He should just do TV. The guy's extremely good looking. He's famous. Like, do TV. Don't waste yourself or like with all that, that coaching hours. I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know enough about what his reputation is within the NFL to say 
he'll be able to get a comparable NFL job. I'm sure he could get some kind of college job, but he wasn't actually good at Texas Tech. And if you account for like the easy mode that should have been or maybe was offensively of having like the maybe the best, most talented quarterback in NFL history on your team for multiple years, the record at Texas Tech for Kingsbury actually looks worse because of who you had and what you failed to accomplish. So I, he may not be a good coach. I'm not sure. I, th- I think his offense is fine. I think Texas Tech defense is what doomed that program more than anything because they were never really able to recruit that side of the ball well enough. But I also think having Kyler at QB probably doomed him a bit in the NFL too. I mean, I, I like Kyler. Kyler's fun, but as fun as he is, I still think that there's always going to be limitation on a 5'10 quarterback <laughs> if we're lucky. I, I heard some sports talk radio that uh, NFL head coaches don't want to take the Arizona job because you have to have Kyler as your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Do, have they filled that job yet? I, I don't know. I don't believe so. Hmm. I would take it though. I, I I'll make it. I'll work. take it. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Me and Kyler will play some Call of Duty. We'll find some common ground, and we'll get this thing cooking. All right, we promised it. Super Bowl time. We do this Thursdays, 11 a.m. Eastern time, all through the season. It's one of the biggest football games of the year. Gentlemen, are y'all ready to lock it up? Let's go. Since 2005, the under the games between service partners is 40-9-1. You over on this one as well. A little two for one special. I was sick of last week. Y'all were watching videos. I was live betting the hell out of ULN. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Five star master lock. Lock it up. I'm living and dying at every Love, we're getting uh, some of your locks in the chat. We'll hit a bunch of props, and maybe uh, take read out some of these before we get out. So let's let's start with the uh, as it stands right here on Thursday. Currently, the Philadelphia Eagles are one and a half point favorites against the Kansas City Chiefs. Over under has ticked on up to fifty one. The line movement for those who have not been tracking right off the bat, Chiefs opened as a favorite, quickly swung the other way. Eagles to as much as two and a half point favorites, a little bit of buyback or a little bit of movement back in the Chiefs uh, direction from there. The total, however, has just been going up, 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 up. We opened at 49 and a half. Again, we are all the way up to 51 at this point. Before we get to the props, what are our locks? How, what do we like in the game itself? Chiefs money line. Chiefs money line plus 105. Yeah, if if the as long as the Chiefs are dogs, I'll take them on the money line if I'm getting plus odds on it because I mean this game is kind of a coin flip to me. And I look at the two squads and we we've, we've talked about it earlier. I think the Eagles have the more talented roster. I think the Chiefs have the best quarterback. And you see it in the NFL far more often than not. The team with the best quarterback overcomes the team with the best roster. So I'm going to take the Chiefs if I'm getting plus plus money on it. I think that's the way to go. As for the total, like you mentioned, Chip, it keeps going up. I want to see how high it gets before <laughs> kickoff, and then maybe I'll consider taking the under, but I don't really like anything on it. I'm just hoping that maybe 
Johnny Public comes in on Sunday and everybody starts betting the over and that thing climbs up to like 53 or something. Yeah, I was thinking if we catch a, if it for some reason gets to 53 and a half, we got principles out here. I would buy an under right there, but I don't, it's, it's, it's going to get real sweaty if all of a sudden that thing is 14 to seven at the end of the first quarter. Um, Bud, what do you like? So I, I think I like Kansas City as well. Um, took a little alt line, some three to one to, or, you know, plus 300 type stuff uh, on Casey Alts. I, I just think that Mahomes is a much better player than Hertz is, and, and that will be enough to overcome the roster deficiency. Also, like I like these KC linebackers against all the movement stuff that, that Philly does with Jalen. I mean, Willie Gay and, and Bolton are, are those are studs to me. Uh, so I'm, I think I'm in on the Chiefs here. I do the I like. Are we doing props or just or just locks yet? We'll we'll get they, to the, the props, props here in just a second. Cool. Yeah. All right. That just we like a little Chiefs. I think a little Chiefs, yeah. Little Chiefs, little Chiefs, maybe a little Chiefs off. Maybe a little better. Yeah, come on, man. I'm not. Patrick Mahomes, are you kidding me? No way. That man had one leg, and he was like, no, we ain't losing. I mean, no, listen. No, we're not. We're not betting against Patrick Mahomes. We're taking Patrick Mahomes um, money line plus the one and a half. I love the idea of going alt line on this thing. You know, if there's any, uh, the, I saw somebody mention earlier that they had a, a Kansas City future that they were uh, asking if they should hedge out or ride out on. What? How would you would you do a Eagles money line hedge there? How would you play the hedge? Uh, I mean, my first rule would be. How much money is it for? If it's like serious money that like will affect your daily in like you know whatever, then hedge. If it's just like a small bet that you're just doing for fun, don't hedge. Who cares? Yeah, there there are hedge calculators you can figure out where you're like, hey, like what's my bankroll? How much did I bet on this? Um, like I'll, I guess give them free plug. It's not really a competing product. I, uh, Rufus and Unabated actually has this, so I think it's one of their free tools. So just plug it in, figure out like. What do you want your bankroll to actually be? Assuming you actually have a bankroll type thing. Um, otherwise, I I don't hedge a lot, man. I, I would I would let it ride. Like when when I had TCU for a Big Twelve title game, I, when I bet Kansas State, it was because I thought Kansas State was a better football team and was going to win the game. You just had value because in August you'd been able yeah. to jump on what twenty two to one, twenty eight to one, something like that. We, I think we got that twenty eight. So there were some twenty sixes. It was it was solid. Oh man, that was a a, a great moment in uh, in, <laughs> in the group chat. Well, I mean, in, in this show, well, I, mean, I said on the show, yeah, yeah, on the big, <laughs> on the big twelve win totals uh, episode, that I believe is when you first uh, dropped it. So uh, I think we tipped the group chat before we went live. And was like, hey, if I like, let's get this before, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bob coming through family. for uh, for all the people out there. <laughs> did, did you see that yesterday, Bob? One of the questions we're, called you Bub. Yeah, we were taking. <laughs> <laughs> we were, yeah, we were taking some live audience questions, and uh, and uh, a typo may have created a new n- nickname for you. Why? Why do Chip and Bub hate the Pac-12 so much? <laughs> I was like, so I was trying to like engage in the chat, right? And then I had to jump out a little bit because I was getting explained like what exactly and like what a vasectomy actually entails. And I was like, oh shoot, this is kind of scary. So I, I I tried to schedule doctor appointments for the off season, and that was uh, so. So you went in yesterday as Bud and you came out as Bub. That's really what 
Oh, uh, all right. What about some props? What are any, any, uh, any, any props that we like? Uh, I've got quite a few. Should I just go rapid fire? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Miles Sanders over 57 and a half rushing. I got it earlier when it was at 53 and a half. I still take it at 57. We're just having fun here. Uh, the Chiefs run defense is probably its weak spot, and I do think Philly's going to try to run the ball pretty often. Uh, anytime touchdowns, Travis Kelsey minus 127. He's going to catch a touchdown. Um, Travis Kelsey over seven and a half receptions at plus 105. Travis Kelsey 10 to 1 to be Super Bowl MVP. I like a lot of Travis Kelsey in this game. I think it'll be a decent matchup for him. I've also got a long shot play because you know, sometimes crazy stuff happens. And this is a guy that the Chiefs got during the season who I figured. Andy Reid would cook up some ways to use, and he hasn't done a ton with him, but we saw some flashes of it during the playoffs. At 150 to 1 to win the MVP, Kadarius Tony. Apparently, he is yeah. quote, running around like crazy right now. So he's because we were worried about his health, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he'll be okay. Um, Bud, what do you like? All right. So I, I hate this turf that they use in Phoenix. I, I just think the field really sucks. We saw it in, in, in the Michigan TCU game. We saw Kansas City's kicker get hurt on the opening kickoff of the season on this turf. I think guys slipped down on this turf quite a bit. We talked about this for the Fiesta Bowl preview. And guys that are really quick, that, that I think do a lot of stop-start stuff well, Devontae Smith. So I'm going to go Devontae Smith over 23-and-a-half longest reception. I, I bet you he gets loose. I've taken a little bit of Eagles' longest, longest pass play at 34-and-a-half. Uh, so I, I think a little little overs there. Um, I could see Boston Scott touchdown, maybe. I, I want to bet Kansas City longest touchdown under the one and a half because Eagles, you know, they, they don't blitz quite as much. They, they can do a little more of the you know, kind of sag, whereas I, I think Kansas City will come after Mahomes. Or, or excuse me, Kansas City will come after Hurts quite a bit. Like they, they seem to play better when they just go after you um, this year. So I'm... Those are kind of my main ones. I like the Kadarius Tony 151 shot. That's that's pretty solid. I wish they put up the national anthem stuff more widely, but that <laughs> dumbass last year had to, had to tweet it out. You know, and like before they even money. That was a that was a real cash cow for many years. Mm-hmm. Like it, the word would get around, and, and that was annoying. And I now you, Messing with our money, man. Anytime my, my, my wife ordered a new couch, it's getting delivered in like two minutes, and now like I, I was planning to play for, uh, pay for that with with the uh, the national anthem time. And now I can't <laughs> <even> do that. <laughs> uh, my favorite prop for the Super Bowl is very much powered by college mindset, and it is an. It, I think we still have plus value on this, but it is a anytime touchdown from Devonta Smith. Because have you yeah. seen that man in championship games? Yeah. He caught a game-winning touchdown against Alabama. And you know what he did against Ohio State? 215 yards and three touchdowns. That dude just shows up. I know that there is no math behind that. That is all just principles and vibes. But we have a championship on the line, and Smith is not going to cower in the moment. Anytime touchdown plus value, Devonta Smith, let's go. Also, extremely unrelatable food take, right? Did you see what it, when he was asked about, like, do you like Philly cheesesteaks? What, oh. what are you, what are you eating when, uh, when you, when you're watching the ball game? Uh, and he's like, no, I don't eat Philly cheesesteaks. And they're like, so what, like, what do you eat in a ball game? He's like, oh, I, I just go get hibachi, man. I'm like, 
<laughs> like you're just kicking back. And like the guy's like, you're kicking back on the couch watching the game. What are you, what are you eating? He's like, hibachi. I'm like, I need more info. Are, are you, do you have like, like a personal chef at home? It's just like whipping up hibachi or are we, are we door dashing hibachi? What would, or are you just, you just going to get it? It, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to dislike hibachi, but and I don't, I don't want to pass my judgment, but I, here's what I think. Cause where's he from in Louisiana? It's not um, sit like it's not New Orleans or Baton Rouge. It's not the city, yeah, yeah. I I think that man is. I uh, again, I don't want to pass judgment because I do not know what the hibachi game is in some of these, you know, like cities, towns, and areas. It's from Monroe, but I would guess that he has gotten to experience. I would guess that high quality hibachi is a is a probably a newer addition to the rotation. You're like fair? a 26 year old dude with millions of dollars, and you're like, I'm gonna eat hibachi every day. Yeah, he's he's like, this is incredible. <laughs> he went out, he went on like a recruiting chip somewhere that was like got hibachi. And at that point, he was like, This is the greatest <laughs> food I have ever had. This is all I'm ever going to eat again. So he he went to Amite, right? Which is northeast of, of Baton Rouge. Yeah. Like close yeah. closer to like like Alabama, Mississippi area. I, I I don't I'm not familiar with the area, but if I was to like pull something from my own experience, there is a hibachi place next to the subway and the food lion and <laughs> like you know in the strip mall. Yep. But I don't know if that is the hibachi place that is gonna really rock your world and and uh, and change your life. Could be. Don't don't sleep on some of those places. But uh but it's it's always fun to be able to check out. Any other uh props that we like right here? I think I'm going to bet the plus 100 that I'm going to have a good time. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I think I'll bet two-point conversion. That at some point? Yeah. Both of these. Well, there was that. Uh, didn't Kansas City have to do it for a little bit? When like their kicker Buck was hurt. Yeah, yeah. Butker, was, Butker was missing extra points. Hmm. That's a something to keep an eye on. I like that. All right. Are there any props on like people appearing with Rihanna at halftime? They pulled all be... this stuff that you used to be able to get really good value on. Like you, yeah. like you used to. Hypothetically, here, if you worked in the media, you could get a pretty good feel for like what color the person was wearing, how long the rehearsal was at like first song. A lot of that stuff isn't available anymore. It's very, it's very sad. I just feel like there's going to be a Jay Z appearance. I. I would not be surprised if she tries to go all solo with it. She has a catalog that can hold up. No, Drake will show up. Drake's always there. No, no, that's, that's she is. She's a, she is. She's sword. Yeah, she's 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 living her own life right there. What about Rocky, will Rocky be there? I mean, so I yeah. think I think that she can. Uh, I think she can hold her own because that's the true statement is when you do hold down an entire Super Bowl halftime set with just your songs, no guest appearances. I think Riri can do it. I think she can do it. Yeah, I just don't know if she will. Umbrella's going to be a part of it, right? You got to go all the way back to the beginning. First smash hit. I think hit. so, yeah. Yeah. Because you got to cast the widest net possible. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3 You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Enjoy the game. And gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.